today's reading is from Romans 6, verses 12 to 14. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to sin, to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Here ends the reading. May the Lord bless it. Indeed. The St. Andrews is God's word. Uh, in fact, if you have a Bible, it is always good, or a device, I do encourage you to go to Romans chapter 6, and if someone gets there first, we'll shout out a page number, which makes it easier for those... 867. 867. So Sorry, it's 861, my bad. Sorry? 861. 861. So Romans chapter 6, verses 12. Now, I know that someone will be chucking it up on the, on the screen, but sometimes it's good to have the physical Bible in front of you. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we do thank you for your word. And we ask that as we come to it now, that your spirit would move upon me, that what I would say would be faithful and true to your word, that it would by your spirit be a word in season this morning. And Lord, we pray for, for those who are hearing, those here, those on podcast and over YouTube, and also, of course, at the second service as well. We ask that, Lord, that you would remove the barriers, the distractions that so often ensnare uh, the word of God and stop it from reaching that good soil. Lord, this is a work of the Spirit. And we desire not a TED talk or a motivational speech. We desire simply that your word would touch our hearts this morning. That we'll grow in a passion for you, a, a, a love for you, that our hearts would be enlarged this morning. And so, Lord, we ask and plead in Jesus' name that you would do this work through your word. Amen. David Guzak says that on his online commentary that in the 14th century there were two brothers and they were fighting for the, the right to rule over a dukedom uh, which is now Belgium. The elder's brother's name was Renault, but he was commonly called Crassus, which is a Latin uh, nickname meaning fat, for he was horribly obese, which actually in the 14th century was quite a rare thing. After a heated battle, Renaud's younger brother, Edward, led a successful revolt against him and assumed the title of Duke over his lands. But instead of killing his older brother, Renaud, Edward devised a curious imprisonment. He had a room in the castle built around Crassus, a room with only one door. The door was not locked, and the windows were not barred. And Edward not only promised that, uh, uh, his brother's freedom, he said, you can have all of the lands, the titles, the whole lot, all you've got to do is leave the room. The obstacle to the freedom was not the, the doors or the windows. They weren't locked or barred, but was with an old himself. Being grossly overweight, he could not fit through the door. Even though it was of near normal size, I'm guessing near normal size, his brother made it just slightly uh, uh, smaller. So all he needed Renaud needed to do was diet down to a smaller size then walk out a free man and inherit everything before his fall. However, his younger brother kept sending him a lifetime supply of treats and foods coming through that door. Brother, here's another meal for you to eat. Would you like it? Some tarts, a nice thing. Oh, roast, yes, we'll get that for you. 
And so the Abraham's kept saying to him, he desired the food more than his freedom. Some were accused of the Duke of Edward of being cruel to his older brother. Or saying, you know, the younger brother should be, uh, uh, the older should be the, have the crown, not the younger. But he would simply reply, my brother is not a prisoner. He can leave anytime he wants. He can have the Duke and he just needs to walk out the door. And this, uh, and this happened, actually, if you want to know your history, he stayed in that room for 10 years until Edward himself was killed in battle. Uh, and this accurately illustrates the experience of many people who, who have responded to the gospel. If you know the gospel, we are not saved by our good works. We are saved by grace. It is a free gift. All other world religions do this, all this long list of do's and hope for the best that you've, you know, you've got enough karma or good points to make it. But on the cross, we have been forgiven. He has done this work. It is not all done or do this. It is done on the cross. We are saved by grace. But this grace should and must transform the heart of the person who has received it. Jesus, and so this experience of what happened with Crassus, it can get the sense of many people have heard the gospel. Jesus has given them an offer of setting them free legally on the work on the cross. They can walk out in that freedom from sin whenever they choose. But since they keep yielding their bodily appetites to the service of sin, they live a life of defeat, discouragement, and imprisonment. And it also sums up both the, the analogy and the scripture about the reality that's, of, of, that's implicit in these verses. There is a battle of the mind of between competing desires. Here's the word of God. Do not give in to sinful desires. And then the flip side. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. Do you see the competing desires that war in the life of the believer? The person who's given themselves to Christ... God's Spirit comes into them. They've got newfound desires for God. I think of myself. Before, when I was dragged to go to church, I hated church. I hated coming. It was the worst event of my life. All my friends were out there doing cool stuff. And what were my nasty parents doing, dragging me along? And there I would have to sit, and I would sit there with just the worst attitude. I literally tuned out all sermons. I didn't know the four Gospels were the same story. I, knew, I, I was just blinded. I had something against it, but I don't know what it was. It was, it was a resistance. And then after I'd given my life to Christ, wow, the church had gone through a revival. The Christians were so nice. The preacher, he had changed 180 degrees. His sermons were awesome. It was like, oh, he's speaking right into my life. And suddenly I wanted to go to church twice, both morning and night. There were newfound desires that came welling up in my life. And this is the case. However, with those newfound desires, I also found after a few months, all those old desires came back. And it was a battle between these two desires. So then using Renault as an example, on one hand, there are some tasty treats. You fill in what they are. It could be greed, perhaps, lust. You know, you just fill in the cat there, lying. Some pattern of sin that gives us at some level something we want, even if we know it's also a prison and an addiction that is destructive. And on the other hand, there is freedom, a crown to be had. Just walk through the door. And there's two competing desires. We want our freedom enough that we're willing to say no to some things now. We continue our series on Romans, and when we look a passage by passage, look, and this part of the book of Romans gets into the whole area of sin. 
And as I said last week, you know, some non-Christians think Christians are obsessed by sin. Well, if, if someone thought that, they should be amazed because over the next few weeks, that's what we're looking at. And so we're going to be doubling down on looking at it because that's what God's Word looks at. And this passage gives me and you this instruction, this exhortation. Let me read it to you again. Verse 12. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Hallelujah. There's two choices. Either the Christian who's given their life to Christ will give their lives over to sin, showing that they aren't actually in the end, if they give themselves completely over, showing they're not actually a Christian in the first place. Or they'll give their lives over to God and live under the freedom of that grace. But even in the second case, it is a lifetime battle of a battle of desires. And so you should know this. If you're, not ha- if you're having a war in your heart today over stuff in your life, good. It shows that, that you've got God's desires at war and you've got the symbol desires. But, all right, that the Christian life is a war. And there's, two, there's choices here. And implicit in this thing is, this, is the desire. So here for this. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, but you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Hear that? Freedom of God's grace. It's a higher delight. And so these two desires, where will you find your delight, your joy? What things do you treasure this morning in your life? What things motivate you here this morning? And for a believer, it should be the high, these higher desires. So it all begins with delight. The Christian life in the New Testament, you cannot simply live a life in sin if you are delighting yourself in God. The two do not go together. So Jesus gives... This parable in terms of the ability to say no to some things, to say yes to a high. He gives a parable, numerous parables actually, but I'll just name one of them. It's the parable of a person discovering the treasure in the field. Do you know that story? Right? He says the kingdom of heaven is like. And he says this person's going along, he sees the field of grass, he says, oh, that's a bit odd, this little thing there. And he says, what's in that? Oh, that looks interesting. And there is this chest treasure of jewels and gold. He's won lotto. It is, he's won everything. So what does he do? He sells everything he has. Lock, stock, and barrel, clothes, house, the lot. If you had a car or a horse and carriage, whatever, the lot, to buy that field. Everyone else says, you're crazy just to buy that green field? But he's found treasure within. And this is the Christian life. If you have found Jesus Christ, you have found the high treasure, and you will say no to everything else. You will be willing to sell everything else. And if you're not willing to do that, you haven't discovered the treasure. Does this make sense? A higher delighting. And so since, so, and I said, but however, since I followed Christ, there is, however, that still that battle to go on. And so the Christian life is a battle of desires. Often I think when non-Christians, when they, if they think about Christianity at all, they probably think uh, that Christianity is all about externals, that we, we not to do all the stuff, which is all the stuff they would consider to be fun. And then we do this cra- we do crazy stuff. 
You know, and to be fair, there are some things that we don't do, that we say no to, that we're tempted to do. And to be fair, I imagine communion, you know, last week we did, I did communion, there was a kid, person, a kid who had been, never been to church before in his life, came along, and said, oh my goodness, we're in the blood of Jesus! Right, some of the words, like, I thought, yeah, it'll come across as pretty crazy, never been to church before in your life, and baptism and singing songs. Well, I get that. So while, it's not, while they're incorrect, I think it's external, it's not crazy for them to think so. But at the heart, and most of you know this, of the Christian faith, it's not about externals. If we're authentic, the heart of Christianity is about love and the desires of your heart this morning. And it's this, do you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength? Is he your greatest treasure? Do you desire him? And then out of that love, do you love your neighbours as you love yourself? Do you love Geraldine? Do you love the unlovable? Do you love your enemies? Do you love the ones who have hurt you, said vicious things about you, betrayed you? Do you do this? If you do, it's come out of that great treasure that you have found in your heart. It's about your heart. But of course, it's not as simple as it sounds, because loving God with all that heart, mind, and soul, we have this battle to love other things, idols. And these things crowd us. It could be Netflix. It could be other things. And we're apathetic to the things of the God. The Christian life is a battle of desires. Where do you find your delight? And often you can find it. I found it in times when I'm not delighting myself in God. I come to church and I actually turn up hardened, apathetic. Don't think God's going to speak to me much. Don't think I'm going to be challenged. And when I'm, when I'm rock bottom like that, I'm a million miles away. I'm like a hard Oh, those old sort of um, um, uh, cloths, those sponges are just like being left out of the sun. It's just card. And I need the Holy Spirit to soften me to the Word of God. And so this morning, it's about desires. It's about your heart. And this, you get to see this battle between the two things. And so if we, if we are not careful, we can end up being crassus. A duke stuck in a prison of our own making. We're offered freedom. We can have infinite joy, a crown to be had, but what are we doing? We're sitting on Netflix, we're sitting on the internet with all these other things, just taking the treat that's in front of us with our heart hardened to the, to the infinite potential of what God has for us with our lives. We're choosing instant highs, whether it's a pattern of anger, lust, greed, food, alcohol, addiction, whatever, you just fill in the treats. So again, the Christian life is a battle of competing desires. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Don't give in to the eating the treats the younger brother has given you to keep you in prison, to use the analogy. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Pursue Him. Desire Him. Give yourself to Him. Make His joy your highest treasure. Oh, that the church, lukewarm, worldly, half-hearted church of New Zealand would realize that the Christian life, the only life that leads to heaven is a war. And it's a war about where the affections of your heart are at this morning. Do you desire him above everything else? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That delighting in God, offering yourselves to God, enjoying him, will increasingly free you from competing for lesser desires. So if Crassus had fasted and restricted his eating to a healthy diet, 
It would have been because he wanted to be Duke. He wanted his freedom. It would have been because he found a higher delighting, a higher calling in the freedom of leaving his room. The only reason he could have said no to those treats was if there was a higher reward waiting for him. Is that fair to say? And that is the same with us today. John, Jesus in John 14, 23 says, says this, If anyone loves me, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we'll come to him and make our home with him. Jesus connects love to him and keeping his word. He connects the two. Now, part of that meaning is we show our love for God by obeying him. That's true. But let me put it to you the other way. If you grow in your love for God, if you're seeking him out daily, if you desire him, and so that his love so fills your heart and you're filled with his love, then as an outworking of that, you will be doing what he wants. Does that make sense? Delight him. Fill your love with him. The problem with humanity, C.S. Lewis says, is that we are far too easily pleased. He says this, We are half-hearted creatures falling around with drink and sex and ambition where infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine, he cannot comprehend what it's meant by an offer of a holiday at a luxury resort by the sea. The problem is we're far too easily pleased. Crassus was far too easily pleased. His pleasure, his addiction was his cell. That need to keep the fix kept him in a prison of his own making. So this week and over our lifetime, we will face a battle of competing desires, whether we will offer our bodies to sin or to God. And the way to choose to offer it to God is to pursue God and the treasure he gives, the joy he gives, the delight he gives, more than the treats that are offered in prison of our own making. And the one way to start that, if you're thinking, where do I start? May I suggest it's a small, teeny, tiny, feeble step, but single step this morning would be to say, Lord, my heart's often cold to you. I'm apathetic to you. I read the Bible, and sometimes those words just seem like lead stone to me. Lord, can you soften my heart to you? Can you increase my love of you? Can you reveal your, yourself to me? Change my heart. So if I were part of a home group, maybe a men's or women's group, and a particular sin was brought up, and people are saying, I'm really struggling with this unforgiveness. I'm really struggling with lust. I'm really struggling with a pattern of anger. And so people give different you know, uh, hints of, and tips of how to beat that, that, that particular besetting sin. And then people share, other people share their struggles as well. And then people pray. That's great. All amazing. But, but and one thing I would add into that is pray that, that they would discover a greater treasure in Christ. That God's love... God's power, all of that would so fill their lives that they would desire to live their life to the glory of God, to honor Him more than everything else. And then they might find some of those other battles become a little bit more easier. A psychologist, he has spent his lifetime, I don't want to turn this into pop psychology, but I did find this amusing. A psychologist spent his whole lifetime dealing with people with obsessions. People with these obsessions that couldn't break them. And he struggled to get them, breaking them and coming up with all these things. And he said, he quipped this. He said, you know what? The best advice in 40 years of a psychology of beating obsession, of, of breeding an obsession is, and, I, and, I, and the person said, what? Replacing one obsession with another obsession. He found that if they replaced one obsession with another obsession, they got broke that obsession. And I know it would have been Christian cringe if I put the title of becoming obsessed with Jesus. That would have been a little bit of cringe if I chucked it on the Facebook feed for Geraldine to see. But there is a little bit of truth in that. When your heart becomes obsessed with the one, the true, the living God, 
all those other things that we struggle with become a little less. And so, you know, thinking of crisis, you know, if I have gone back to the 14th century and I was one of the older brother's advisors, and if he truly could have been a good duke, I would have walked into that cell that he was stuck in because of his weight. And yes, I would have wanted to start an exercise program, arrive at 7 a.m. Right, come on, Duke, let's do some exercise. Run around this cell. And I would have wanted to give him a healthy diet thing, and I would have given him practical tips on healthy living and encourage him. But in the end, if he was truly a good man called by God, who was struggling with a food addiction, what would I want to do to get him out of that cell? I'd want to enlarge his heart with God's purposes for his life. Tell him that he was created for more than just the treats that are offered there. To eat himself to death in that cell. He was made for a crown. He was made for a purpose to go out there and inherit that dukedom and to give justice to the poor, to feed them, and to light up medieval Europe when most of the nobles were sitting there exploiting the poor and living lives of luxury while the peasants were starving to death. And I would have told him that that purpose is what God created him for. And he couldn't have known instead of Reynold the Fat or Crassus, he could have been known as Reynold the Just, Reynold the Compassionate. Now, I realize I live in the real world. If I was in the 14th century and I walked into that cell, he probably would have laughed at me and ate in another tree, right? I get that. And I also get that today, most Kiwis just, they don't think about the treasure in the field. Their hearts are not desiring God. They don't understand and they're happy enough with whatever they've got. But perhaps there's one person here this morning. Maybe you've heard the gospel. Maybe you've responded to it, but you realize you are stuck in that cell this morning and you are eating that treats. May I suggest to you to get out of that cell, it'll be because your heart has been seized with the love of God and realizing that you have been made for a purpose. There is a crown. There is a purpose for your life. And this nation of New Zealand desperately needs Christians to wake up and to be alert to what the Lord is doing because times are getting dark. So are you offering yourself increasingly to sin or to the Lord? There's a choice. But remember for the Christian, this life is a battle of competing desires. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I ask that every person here this morning would increasingly offer themselves to you that your word, your delight, your power would increasingly touch their hearts. They would be moved. And this would not be by anything I say, but would be a work of your spirit for your glory. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.